On today's episode of the Brad and Will Show, we're going to be talking about the Rockets signing Reggie Bullock, the possibility of potentially bringing a guy like Malcolm Brogdon. And we just had media day. So, of course, we got all the fun quotes from the players and the coaching staff. You know, Raphael Stone, we're going to be discussing that. And then lastly, we have training camp footage that just dropped. So we're going to be discussing that as well. Um, some roles for guys like Cam Whitmore, who who needs to, you know, crave out a role for himself to, to get minutes early on. So those are the topics we're going to be discussing today. It's been a while. But we're back. Uh, we're excited for this episode, and you guys are going to enjoy it, so stay tuned. All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Brighter and Will Show. No, it's been a little minute. We was going for the offseason. Season's coming back around. We got y'all back with the episodes dropping. Um, I'm your first host, as always, Will. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, now TikTok, um, at Bias Houston. Um, over there, same as always, doing the different content aggregation, talking about the Rockets, hosting spaces. Um, you know, we got some big things to start for y'all this season, so make sure you tap in over there. Um, I'll quickly shout out the Brado and Will page on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as well. Um, you know, we appreciate the support you guys showed us this offseason. We're going to run it up this season. I'll pass off to Brad. Yeah, like Will said, it's been a little minute, but uh, we're excited from the growth that we had this past offseason. So thank you guys for listening. You know, we got up to 2,000 subs. Uh, it's going to be a fun season. We got the, the new players, of course, new coach. Uh, hopefully, you know, we're going to run it up this season. But, you know, as for today, you know, we got, we have some fun topics, of course. Uh, with media days, always exciting. We got some training camp footage today that leaked. Um, there's some rumors about maybe the Rockets could, you know, maybe make a move for Malcolm Brogdon. Um, and, of course, today, the signing. Um as of October 3rd, of Reggie Bullock on a veteran minimum. It looks like he might plug in that backup shooting guard role. But, you know, before we dive into that, of course, if you're new uh, to the channel, you can find my stuff at Brado NBA on Instagram and Twitter. I put out a bunch of highlights, stats, all that good stuff. Uh, always going to keep you guys updated there. But, uh, Will, we'll start you off. You know, the Rockets, again, signed Reggie Bullock, really good shooter, um, 38% this past season on 5.1 attempts per game. Usually starts off the season really slow, then is really hot towards the end. But off rip, he's already um, the best high volume shooter on the Houston Rockets. Uh, if you're going off of percentages from last season, so what are your thoughts on the signing? You know, where do you think he plugs in with this current team? I think he, um, if you might look at the catch and shoot for me, I wouldn't like 39. percent He shot 39.4 percent on catch. Yeah. And he's on so, double check me right now. Yeah. yeah, so he's. I mean. The, the first thing that comes to my mind when I saw the um, the trade, I, th I thought two things. I thought, um, one, we got shooters now. Uh, we have a shooter. That was one of the biggest uh, areas of need this offseason. And, you know, that issue got compounded um, with the KPJ situation. So now you, you were at, we have a roster that didn't really have that, that much spacing, particularly on the bench unit. When you have a guy like Amin Thompson who's going to need that that uh, that space and to, you know, put pressure on the rim. And that's kind of what his game is, is to kick out fine shooters. Um, and so I was kind of confused as to how we were going to address that problem. Uh, we're going to kind of dive into maybe another solution to it a little later in the show. But I think in terms of, you know, getting a shooter, I think this was great. He just got bought out by the Spurs. He's someone who just who started a bunch of games on a contender last year. Um, he's a vet. He's been in the league for, uh, I, I want to, it might have been like eight seasons now. I think it's how long he's been in the NBA. I'm not sure. But he's been here for a little bit. He's been on, you know, on, on winning teams. He knows the, the NBA program. He's someone who I think Udoka is going to once again use as like an extension of himself in terms of a veteran, as long, in terms of a locker room presence. 
Um, you know, we, we've all watched the Rockets these last three years. We know what it's like to have a locker room that didn't have any vets. Well, now we have, um, honestly, we have more vets than we have young players now, which I yeah. don't think is, I, I think that's a, that's a good thing. I think that this, this, this young team needed, um, you know, experience in the locker room, guys who have been there and who've done that. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, he, like I said, he provides that veteran leadership that we, we've been desperately missing, but at the same time, he's also going to be providing um, that spacing we need. I think uh, his defense uh, is solid. I'm not going to say it's great, um, but it's not definitely it's not bad. Like he's more he's more positive than negative, but we're not getting like an elite defender or nothing like that. Like he he'll he'll definitely fit in um, there. Uh, I you know I want to talk to you about this, bro. I think one interesting point you know you can kind of touch on maybe when you go is I wonder um, is this the organization kind of signaling that they don't intend to trade KPJ for a win now piece more of just like if they do trade him at all, it might just be for like for uh, for expiring salary they can maybe use at the deadline for another trade, or maybe they just create up cut the guy now, you know, because Reggie Bullock kind of serves as what you would more or less hope you were going to get out of a KPJ trade to a lesser degree. Um, backup shooting, um, experience, a little bit of defense. Like he kind of serves the the player aspect of thing. He doesn't quite serve the contract side of it. So that's why I'm saying I wonder if they're going to, if they do trade KPJ, is it now just for, someone who they can move against the deadline. Um, and then also, like, what does this mean for Jay Sean Tate? Um, because that's another guy who um, I think makes a lot more sense to get minutes on the roster than a Jay Sean Tate does. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know if – I mean, obviously, I think I think Udoka's going to like Jay Sean Tate first and foremost. And we, we've seen some clips of him at training camp already, you know, still still being with the group. So I don't, I'm not saying he's going to get traded anytime soon or just, you know, lose minutes entirely. But I do think it becomes a little bit difficult – to play him, to play Dylan Brooks, to play Jabari, to play Tari, to play Reggie Bullock. That's that's a lot of guys who have to play. So, um, yeah, those are kind of just my initial thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, I want to touch on that as well. We can also just dive right into the Malcolm Brogdon discussion after because it's kind of linked. But, you know, when, when it comes to Reggie, uh, obviously there's a big gap at backup shooting guard now uh, based on what happened recently. So Reggie comes in and fills that really well. I, li- I like that this team, you know, got a shooter, 38% shooter, um, as it stood right now, Tari Eason was the best shooter on the team. You're going off for percentages from this past season at 34.3%. Uh, if you don't want to count Aaron Holiday, who shot around 40%, he only took like 1.9 attempts per game and barely played. So point being, the team needed some shooters. Um, so this is a really good signing, space to floor, which is what um, Udoka said when he first got hired at the very beginning of the offseason. He wanted to be able to space the floor and play some defense. Uh, now, you know, he's kind of addressed both of those this offseason. So – I, I love the signing. I think he's going to get big minutes. I would say 20-ish minimum. Um, when it comes to a guy like Jay Sean Tate and Cam Whitmore, obviously, you know, I even put it on Twitter um, today. You know, this is going to be an exciting 10-man lineup. I did not have Jay Sean Tate in that lineup. But that doesn't mean I really think Jay Sean Tate is not going to be in the lineup. I, I was just kind of alluding of, alluding to what's going to be exciting. Jay Sean Tate has a lot of qualities that Ime Udoka would like. You know, really good defender, um, connective piece. Um, hustle guy, a thousand percent effort. Again, the brother really just can't shoot. Um, I, I, that, I need that to change. Uh, but even if it doesn't, he could sneak into this rotation because he's probably more of a win now piece than Cam Whitmore. We'll see soon. Um, um, the preseason starts in a few days, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. But uh, honestly, well, I think Jay Sean Tate is probably cracking the initial rotation if he's going with a 10 man. Um, if it's nine man, then probably not. But I could, I could see Jay Sean playing again. I, I've always thought he was an Udoka guy. Um, We'd all prefer to see Cam Whitmore play, but, um, you know, we'll see what happens on that front. But uh, as it comes to Malcolm Brogdon, I want to touch on that really quickly. 
I, I like I like Malcolm Brogdon. Um, again, really good veteran piece, six man guy. Forty four percent from three this past season. As we were talking about Reggie Bullock, he's the best high volume shooter on the team. Michael Brogdon obviously becomes the best <laughs> shooter on the team in that sense. I'm looking at a guy like Ahmed Thompson. I want him to be able to work with as much space as possible. Jalen to work with as much. All these slashers, young guys that we have, just to be able to excel. You know, in what they have. Even Shangun, if he's posting up, having space around them. So. Having guys like that who can shoot the ball, smart vets, uh, lead ball handlers. And I think our, our young guys can even learn from a guy like Michael Brogdon. And, Will, you brought up a good point. I never even realized we have more vets now than young players. So continuously adding more vets along with the new coaching staff is only going to help this young core of six that we have. And this young core of six, I mean, that's that's what's going to take this team as far as it wants to go at the end of the day. You know, their development is most important. Um, that's what has been echoed this entire offseason as well. So. I don't think Malcolm takes away from any of that. I've seen people concerned that Malcolm, you know, will take away from Amon's development. I don't think so. I think Amon Thompson um, is one of them guys. He's going to be a top three rookie in the class when it's all said and done. Top three, four. Um, really good. Really, really good. I don't think anyone's taken away from that. Udoka's playing the guys who are going to excel, and he's going to excel. Um, I don't think anyone's going to take away from that, uh, even a Malcolm Brogdon pickup. And what that would be would be, a you know, probably a KPJ signing trade. Um, along with, you know, probably a lot of picks and maybe another guy. But I don't know if they'll be getting anything for KPJ. And this goes for your question, Will. They'll probably just take whatever they can get for Kevin Porter Jr. at this point because um, he's probably going to end up being cut at the end of the day. I don't I don't see um, anything brewing soon. I know they wanted to get rid of this fiasco as soon as possible before training camp is what they initially said, I believe. You correct me if I'm wrong. Um so I'd assume they take anything, whether it's a salary filler, um, anything. Um, they probably would get a win now piece if they could, if that would be my guess. Uh, why not, you know, at the end of the day. But I, I think it currently stands at. We'll see what we can get. If we can get nothing, he's cut. But that's that's what I would say. I want to say that, um, one, there isn't any, like, sourcing to a Malcolm Brogdon trade. No. All, the, all of the speculation is coming from, uh, a Twitter account that got a lot of the signings right this summer. Um, that's that's really all it is. It's just a, an account that made a little name for itself um, because he was able to accurately uh, report on signs before Wallace and Shams did. So that's the only like even remote you know truth to a Malcolm Brogdon Houston trade. But you know how Rockets fans are. We 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 talk about the little city of things when it comes to our favorite team. So obviously with Malcolm Brogdon, I couldn't agree more with what Brad said. Um, I, you know, 44% three-point shooting. And it's like, he's not, it's on decent volume. It was like about five, five attempts. Five attempts oh, no, like that. It was, it was a good volume. It was. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. And this is off the bench, by the way, not even as a starter. Like, I don't know if you got it pulled up, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, like, yeah I got you real quick. I know I'm, I'm lacking a little bit, but <laughs> no, he was shooting though. So 44.4% on 4.4 attempts. Yeah. Great. Goodness gracious. And that's like, I said, that's off the bench. And I, I think his catch and shoot number is even higher than that as well, which is you know what I'm looking at a lot for these guys. Um, and so, yeah, like I talked about sending a Reggie Bullock. When you have a guy like Amin Thompson coming off of your bench, and I, I'm not just Amin Thompson, but the whole team, we don't have spacing. That's that's one of our biggest weaknesses um, It's the lack of spacing. Um, when you have guys like that who, who thrive on spacing, I don't think there's a such thing as like too many shooters, um, which we really don't have a lot of at all. I know that um, a lot of people are really, really concerned with Malcolm Brogdon because they think that he's going to take away touches from Amin Thompson. And it doesn't concern me nearly as much for a couple reasons. One, 
Malcolm Brogdon, like when, when you talk about a, a thing as too many ball handlers, that only becomes an issue when one of your ball handlers cannot play off ball, which um, to a lesser degree a man has or is going to be able to do. But Malcolm Brogdon for sure has already shown you, um, you know, just last season, even his rookie season when he came to like he he's a guy he's he's the, a true combo guard in like the the literal meaning of that word he can play the one or he can play the two and he can be effective in both roles so like he's not the type of guy he's not super ball dominant he doesn't need the ball in his hands to impact the game he likes he showed us just last season um that he can impact the game being an off ball being a shooting guard space in the floor um and it's kind of funny because when you look at what malcolm brogdon did for the celtics last year down to like the number production it's kind of what we were hoping Kevin Porter Jr. would do for the Rockets this season. Um, came off the bench, played a role, uh, spotted up, was a, was an elite shooter. That's something we really hoped KPJ was going to be was was bring his 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 spacing. So Malcolm Brogdon, elite shooter. Um, he's a secondary, you know, ball handler, someone who can um, run the offense if if need be. Um, you don't have to worry about like Amin being out there with a bunch of guys who just catch and shoot. Like nah, like if. The play, if they know they need to run out of the play, they need, something breaks down, you can, you know, give it to Malcolm Brogdon. He can reliably um, create, you know, off uh, advantages. Um, and then while Malcolm Brogdon isn't necessarily the world's best, like he's not a great defender, but not like Malcolm Brogdon's really solid. And you're not, he's, he's not food at all defensively. So, like, those are all like the the qualities that we wanted from Kevin Porter Jr. Um, and then, you know, on top of it, the dude's already just, he's a vet. He's a, he's a guy who's played with a lot of great NBA players, played with Giannis, played with Tatum, played with Jalen Brown, played with, um, I believe he played with Chris Middleton, and I don't know if he was there when Drew. I don't. I don't think he was there when Drew Holiday was there. But um, he's played with a lot of you know experienced guys. Played with Sabonis. Um, you know he he's been around the league for a little minute. So just having that guy, someone who's already coached. Was he coached by Udoka? Was he was he there when they went to the finals? I don't I don't think he was actually. I think he got there last yeah, offseason. So 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 yeah. I don't know if he I don't know if he's familiar with Coach Udoka just yet. But veteran guy. Um, so that's one thing he actually has on KPJ in terms of like, you know, what he would bring to the table. Um, and so, yeah, like we talk about, you know, him conflicting with the men. I don't really see that being a problem. And I do think that a lot of people, I think, want a men to kind of run heliocentric basketball off the bench. And I don't really think that that's good for his development because that's not the role he's going to be playing when he becomes the starting point guard of this team. Like he's not going to he's not going to be the starting point guard and we're going to surround him with three D guys who just shoot and, you know, catch and shoot threes and play defense. Like he's going to play with, with Jalen green, who's going to have uh, his own healthy dosage of, of on ball reps. He's going to have to play with Alper and Shingun, who um, same thing with him. He's going to get the ball in, in his spots and he's going to learn how to be effective um, without having the ball in a sense all the time. So I think introducing someone to that picture who does like, require a men to play a little bit off ball and to do a little bit more of the things that you know and not not saying he doesn't do so i think i think a men already does a lot of the things that you would want from someone you know when the ball's not in their hands like i think he's already a really good prospect but he's gonna he's gonna be able to practice those things with malcolm brogdon so that when he comes to the starting lineup it's not like an adjustment for him like he already knows okay i gotta i gotta cut i gotta set screens i gotta do this i gotta do that because i'm not gonna like the ball's not gonna be in my hand 24 7. um and then last like the last reason it doesn't really concern me at all it's just Steven Silas isn't the head coach anymore. Like this isn't the the 2022 Rockets where you have guys playing out of position, out of role, guys who should be shooting or standing in the corner, guys who, um, you know, you're, you're not you don't you don't have the the Bruno Fernando over Alfred Shingun stuff no more. Like that's not happening at all. Um, so I think if you trust Ime Udoka as a head coach to put guys in the right spots for them to be to be successful, he's already talked about. Like that's one thing he's talked about a lot. All just already is just 
maximizing what guy's strengths are. If you believe in his ability to do that, there's no reason to be afraid that a man's going to get lost in the the circuit. Like he's going to be there. His minutes are going to be there. Um, I think Malcolm Brogdon makes a man a better basketball player. Um, and so, yeah, like I'm, I'm all in on that trade. Like Brad said, it's probably going to be a KPJ trade um, with a bunch of second round picks attached to it. Cause I don't, I think with his injury concern, which, which are pretty real, by the way, I think it will be remiss of me to not acknowledge that the guy is very injury prone and, and so much so that like the Clippers declined him earlier this off season. So there are like real concerns with his injuries um, that might keep him out of the rotation for a lot longer than what we, what we would hope. Um, so yeah, with those concerns, I don't think he's worth, you know, what you would traditionally hope he'd be worth. So yeah, I, I could see a scenario where like we have a bunch of second round picks next season, the season after that, offloading a bunch of those with KPJ's contract. Celtics gear, I'm sorry, not the Celtics, the, uh, the, um, the trailblazers get expiring salary and assets. And we get a player who we hope can, you know, be that six man of the year candidate for us in Houston. So yeah, I, I kind of, don't really get the the downside of trading for Malcolm Brogdon if that avenue presents itself. But I do think that um, we may not, it may not be as in the works now that we do have a Reggie Bullock because that kind of does handle that need for a backup, you know, backup, another, another playable body, right? We, we have another one of those guys now. So I don't know, I don't know to what degree are we still going to be um, demanding for a Malcolm Brogdon trade, but we can move on. Honestly, the only thing you want to add to that. I would say last thing, and it would probably be more expensive than attaching a bunch of seconds. Um, just because, you know, you traded Dane, it was probably going to be as stingy as possible when it comes to any asset that's involved. So I could see them pushing like, no, we want more than some seconds. So to your point. I'd um, be shocked, man. I mean, because of how, like, there was a point. Remember, he got traded initially in that Przingis trade. And they told, they said no, because you're too hurt. Yeah. And so I, I, and he's not like, he's not like he's expiring. He's under, I would be, I would be very shocked. If they got, if they get a first, I'm gonna assume it's gonna be like so protected. You remember those, um, those Washington Wizard and Detroit Pistons picks we owned uh, in like 2020 that were first round picks, but they really weren't because they were yeah. so protected. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that where it's like it's a it's a first that's so protected that it'll, it'll never convey in, in terms of a first round pick. Maybe, but I I would be shocked if they got a first round pick that conveyed for Malcolm. But you know what? I also don't know how the NBA market works, so yeah, I could be wrong. We'll see. Yeah, uh, I know. It, Look, I know it's probably going to be difficult for Malcolm to come to Houston in the first place, but we're on our same page. I think it would be nice. But, you know, moving on from that, again, we just had media, you know, in this past few days, and it was really exciting. A lot of fun quotes, got a lot of young guys in there, a lot of the vets in there. Um, first things first, I think we can just go in, and just give some of our favorite quotes, maybe some, some you know, some takeaways from the entire day itself. And um, I, can, I can first off and start, you know, my, my favorite takeaway was, you have all these young guys. It seems like you're just excited to learn from the vets. You know, they've gotten to know them, you know, key things that they could take away from each one. It seems like all of them kind of mentioned, you know, Fred being that leader, you know, specifically Jalen, who's been able to work with him. He's enjoyed that experience. You have guys like, you know, Tari and Zubari both have that defensive mentality. Like I want to guard the best player on the court. I want to be the best defender in the NBA. And now they get to learn from Dylan Brooks and they've already been, you know, picking Dylan's mind on that and learn from him in that aspect is, you know, Dylan spoke on how he's going to you know, help them and take that kind of approach. So those are things that stood out to me. I like Jock Landau. Um, I think he had one of the best you know, yeah, really good responses or interviews. Um, he, he, he came in there and said, Hey, I'm going to do all the dirty work. I'm going to give a thousand percent. I'm going to get you guys open. Um, I'm just going to do all the right things. I'm going to push out Shangun. Uh, he does everything offensively now, but, I can help push them defensively, you know, get them guys in the right spots, make sure they're boxing out. 
he's a perfect role player that you'd want on your basketball team. He did really good on the Phoenix Suns this past season um, to the point where he was pushing Aiton's minutes to the side. So Lando, I liked what I heard from him. I'm excited to see what he can do at backup center. Um, and again, that, that guy can low-key shoot, even though his percentages don't say so. Really good shooting in Australia. This hasn't translated to the NBA. So um, I think he could be a really good piece for Houston. But outside of Lando, um, I love what I heard from Uncle Jeff. Um, said he saw some similarities um, in that hunger from that OKC young core uh, back in the day, you know, with this current group. And just a lot of overall good answers, you know, spoke on, you know, Shangun and Nikola Jokic, you know, how Shangun wants to learn from him. Um, it's just good to have a lot of vets in this locker room now that these guys can learn from. And, you know, the last thing I wanted to touch on was what Ime Udoka said about Jalen Green. He said, hey, you know, Jalen, you know, we all know he's a bucket, uh, this and that, but at the end of the day, we want him to be a well-rounded player overall. Um, and that's what's going to be, that's going to be the challenge for him this upcoming season. So they're going to push him to be well-rounded, do everything. You know, Jalen said he can, he can, you know, he can shoot and he can pass, but he wants to do everything else. Um, I still think he can grow as a playmaker, even though he's grown as a playmaker. But just that overall growth is what is going to, you know, make year three such a, a special year for him um, at 21 years old. So a lot of growth from, from that young kid that, that we'll still see. But overall, good media day. Uh, even like what Amon said, rookie of the year, um, Depoy. Um, or he, we said rookie of the year, defensive first team, you know, all, all that good stuff, making the playoffs. You know, that's, that's what the kid wants. So fun media day. I, I definitely enjoyed it. What, what stood out to Um. I thought that um, I thought Fred had a really good um, like they they brought him. He was the first player to come in. I, I think that really set the tone. Yeah, especially as someone who is I think he's going to be the leader of the leaders um, in terms of the players. I think Udoka is going to be the leader, but like of the actual players, I think Fred Van Vliet's going to be the guy who everyone looks up to. Um, and I think that's a really good role. That's that's what's what he was brought here to do. So kind of him going first and him talking about. Um, you know, that that aspect of what he's going to bring in terms of, you know, his leadership um, and, you know, how he's going to make the individual guys better. I thought that he was really well-spoken and um, I feel even more confident, you know, giving him the keys to this team for the next couple of seasons in terms of being the point guard and being the leader. So I, I really liked what I heard from him. Um, Dylan Brooks is somebody else who not only did I like hearing him speak, I also liked hearing the team speak, especially like Jabari and Tari speak about, the role he's played with them already. Like Tari said that like right when he got signed, uh, they had conversations. I'm going to try to find the exact quote. Yeah. He said, um, Dylan Brooks showed him the blueprint to success defensively. Um, and like, that was one of the reasons, you know, even me as someone who was not that high on a Dylan Brooks signing, I did, you know, acknowledge that having Tari Eason and Jabari Smith and, you know, these young wings and even, I mean, Jalen green to an extent, even, um, having someone, who takes that much pride and has found that much success defensively as Dylan Brooks in the locker room, being able to like bestow upon those keys to, to that success, like like uh, Tari put, upon our, our young wings who we hope will become as good defensively as Dylan Brooks is one day. Like I thought that was really good. So to hear that he's already kind of instilling that in them, that was music to my ears. He also talked about how Jalen Green is one of the toughest covers in the league already at, what is he, what, 21 now? He's 21, so 21 years old. Um, going to be 22 next season. He's already talked about how Jalen is one of the most toughest covers in the league. And, like, for a guy with as much um, – like, to have the resume Dylan Brooks does defensively, to say that about Jalen, I, I think he's, like, extremely high praise. Um, so you love to hear that as well. Um, I love that Jock Landale – I'm going to cover all the vets. I, thought, I love that Landale talked about um, 
how he's going to push Alperin Shingun defensively. And it, I, I, I start thinking, I'm like, we haven't really had a, a center on this team. Like Shingun, outside of Christian Wood, who, um, you know, had his ups and downs in, in a Rockets uniform, there hasn't really been another big on this team, right? Like he had, I'm talking about recently, of course. We had Boban, but Boban's not a vet. Bruno's not a vet. I'm not sorry, Boban is a vet, but he's not, he's not, I kind of get the vibe that Boban's just kind of there for the commercials. Let's let's be a little honest. He's not really here to for the basketball. Bruno's not really a vet. Uh, we had Garuba as the backup five, and once again, he's not a vet. He's not even really a five. If we're being completely honest. So like, this is really the first time that Shingun's had like someone who's like real at the position um, to push him. And like he talked about how he pushed DeAndre Aiden in practice, and how um, he feels like he got better as a defender having to guard the pick and roll with like Chris Bondi, Andrew Aiden. And so like that made him better defensively. So he's like, he's hoping he can kind of do the same thing for Alporn Shingle. So I, I thought that was really cool that he's like, y'all want to make this guy better, especially defensively. Um, and then Jeff Green, I think um, listening to him talk, like I'm not sure that there was another guy other than maybe like Udonis has them who retired that we could have asked to come to the scene that would have been better um, for like just that, experienced guy who's been there. Jeff Green's, I think we talked about when we first signed him, he's been on a lot of teams. He's been, I matter of fact, he might be, I don't know if he, if he has the record for active NBA players or if he's like, he has to be like top three if he doesn't have it, but there's probably not three guys in the NBA who's been on more teams than Jeff Green has that are so active. He's been on a lot of teams. He's played with a lot of all-time greats. He's played with Katie. He's played with Russ, played with James, uh, played with LeBron, played with, um, he just got done playing with Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. And, you know, the other thing I love that what he says is Alperin Shingun's already asking him questions about uh, Nikola Jokic's preparation and, you know, what what were some of the keys that Nikola Jokic used to be successful. So I love that, that Shingun's kind of picking Jeff Green's brain and trying to learn from someone who he looks up to. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure that there was a better guy out there uh, for what this locker room needed than a Jeff Green. So I, I loved hearing that from, from him. Um, and so, yeah, those are my biggest takeaways, which is kind of listen to the, the experienced guys and kind of talk about what they plan to bring to this team and, and what type of role they have. Um, obviously, no one wants to lose anymore. That was kind of the the the, the sentiment that was echoed from all the speakers. The losing's done. We're tired of that. We want to start, you know, progress towards the winning department. So, um, you know, once again, it's, it's really exciting to be a Rockets fan right now. No, yeah, definitely exciting. And what makes it even more exciting was, you know, we even got some training camp footage today. Um, and that's always fun. You know, for the first time we got to see – you know, all these new guys on the court together. We saw an exciting, you know, Amon Thompson, not even Amon Thompson. Amon Thompson, we saw him throwing dimes. We heard recently from Jackson Gavin, who's at the practice. But overall, he had one of the really good scrimmages. Um, a lot of a lot of dimes on that front. Um, we saw footage that dropped Fred Van Fleet through a half-court alley-oop to Jalen Green. So that's good to see how many half-court Jalen Green lobs that we've seen in the past two years. Maybe not that, <laughs> so, Hopefully we get a lot more of those. Um, and, and outside of that, um, it, it's just fun to get these guys on the court. and it, It's going to be a, a fun season. But, uh, Will, I don't know if you saw the recent uh, tweet that Jackson put out. I'm sure Jackson will put on his show. You guys will all see that because Jackson, of course, really good YouTube channel. But uh, I'll echo what Jackson put out there. But pretty much he was saying that Jay Sean Tate looked really good out there, um, really good lead ball handler, did really good facilitating. He was on the court with Amon. If Amon had the ball, you know, Jay Sean Tate was moving around, cutting and slashing, and vice versa. If Tate had the ball, Amin was doing the same. So they worked off of each other really well. And they looked, they said Jabari Smith Jr. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, Jabari Smith Jr. did really good as well, um, driving to the paint. Uh, looks a lot more concise and in control. So, 
yeah, it's, it's cool to see those takeaways. But, you know, as a whole, again, um, having Fred as that lead guy next to Jalen, that's what I'm most excited about um, after looking at this training camp stuff. But, Will, what are your thoughts overall about training camp? <laughs> I'm looking at my um... – my TL Sam Vicini uh, quote tweeted Jackson's tweet talking about this is the most creative set we uh, Houston has ever run for Jabari. Yeah. And it came in a practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I was like, like, that was actually the first thing I was going to talk about was um, Jabari put Tari on a poster. But like, what I really liked, I, I think everyone home should go watch that clip. It's on Jackson Gatlin's page. Look how low to the earth Jabari gets on that drive. Like, that's. I guess it's that yoga paying off. Like that's not what he was doing yeah. last year. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I didn't, I didn't know man had that much fluidity. And obviously, he's not like I'm not saying he's Kevin Durant just yet. But like, I didn't know he had that in his bag. It's kind of cool because every time I watch Jabbar, whether it was at summer league or um, at his 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 runs this off season at, at various spots, or now now at training camp, like every time I watch him, he shows me something. I'm like, bro, I didn't know you had that in your bag. Like, yeah, I didn't know. Well, real quick. From Auburn to now, when have you seen him come from the top, full speed down and just yam on somebody? Like, and to get like I said, like I want y'all to pay attention to what the angle he's at when he's driving to the basket. Like, bro was hitting like yeah. I, obviously, it was it's not no Kyrie Irving stuff, obviously, but like yeah, yeah. I don't remember him getting this low to the ground. Like this is like I said, every time I watch him, he's showing me something new. So that's that's really exciting. Um, I'm in Thompson. I did see the the one dime that he threw. He threw a dime to Jay Shante, cut into the basket. Um, and he was, you know, he was putting pressure on the rim when he threw the dime. So hearing that he's already out here throwing dimes, I mean, once again, that's why I was so high on him. He's, I mean, I, I'm so positive he's gonna be one of them ones uh, in this in this NBA, man. Like he the the IQ he plays with is just insane. So um hearing that's kind of already manifesting is is really good to hear. Um hearing that Jay Sean Tate. Um, <laughs> is standing out. It's funny. I left it not because I y'all. I think people at home know. I I like Jay Shante. I think he's he's gotten a, he's gotten a bad rep. He was one of my favorite players on the Rockets. I think I've I've argued for him quite a bit. Um, and I I do think that he's gonna be a guy that Man Yudoka likes. I don't really know how much I want him to play next season. Not because I think he's bad, but because I think he's a bit redundant with the guys we already have. Um, but so you know, hearing that he's kind of. Having a big role, I'm sure Rockets Twitter is. I haven't even looked at it just yet, but I'm sure Rockets Twitter is, is really thrilled to hear that he's handling the ball and, and really standing out. So I, I bet that's a it's a real positive thing. And then and then obviously the the chemistry between Jalen Green and Fred VanVleet, uh, like Brian said, we probably saw maybe five full court lobs from Jalen in his first two years. I, I don't know. That's just a rough estimate off the top of my head, but that obviously wasn't something we saw a lot of. Um, yeah, I'm getting tired just thinking about that actually. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, having, having, you know, having that in the backcourt with him, um, you know, that effort, that was one thing that, uh, Jalen and Fred talked a lot about at media day actually was their, their connection, their chemistry and working together as a backcourt. Um, and, you know, Fred kind of taking Jalen under his wing. So, um, like if Fred's able to get the version of Jalen that we all thought we were, we were getting when we drafted him, I mean, money well spent, we're all happy with him here. So. Yeah, those are my uh, my biggest takeaways, for, at least from what I've heard and, and, and what I've watched. Obviously, I'm, I'm not there, so I can't comment on that much. But uh, I did want to say that one thing that I do, uh, I, I tweeted out, I've kind of been thinking about this a lot over the last couple of days. I think that I don't see what you think, Brad. I don't think there's anyone on this roster who serves to gain more from training camp than Cam Whitmore. Because I think that 
when you look at where the roster was and who the rotations were going to, were, you know, projected to be who, you know, a lot of us at home thought a lot of us didn't really see a way for Cam Whitmore to fit into those minutes. Right. And, you know, uh, there might've been a way for him to get minutes with KPJ going, we just replaced KPJ already. So now it's like, once again, we're back in that conundrum where it's like, how does this guy get consistent burn um, next season? So I think that, if there's one person who like needs to take training camp, not not saying he won't. I, I mean, obviously he has a motor. He's a dog, so I, I'm not concerned about him. You know, his effort or you know him taking it seriously. But if there's one person who like needs to dive on them balls, pause. Needs to dive on them loose balls. Who needs to to um, <laughs> who needs to you know go for the extra rebound. Who needs to to hustle? They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get me for saying that. Um, if there's one person who needs to like go the extra mile in training camp, I think it's Cam Whitmore. Cause I think that's going to be what Udoka looks at. It's like, okay, this guy can, I can, I can find a role for him. Cause I know if I, I, I can trust him, put him out there. He's going, he's going to do the, the little things that, you know, me as a head coach that I love uh, on top of, you know, already what he brings is, you know, as a cutter, as a, as a bucket, as someone who can spot up, like on top of those things, I know he's also going to do the little things. And so I think if he's able, not saying he, he's guaranteed a spot, but I think that doing those things is going to give him as, Good of a shot he's ever going to have to like crack a rotation, um, and you know not get sent to the G League this year. So I don't know. Is, is there somebody else you think can serve from from training camp, or you think it's Cam Whitmore too? When you think about training camp and training camp battles, Cam Whitmore has is is, is the only one. You, you have a great point. You know he he has high goals for himself. He wanted to come out and say you know he wanted to be rookie of the year. So he obviously wants those minutes. Um, there's a way for him to fit in really well. But again, I had a whole bunch of vets. Um, and he might not fit that mix. Uh, I think he put it perfectly. You know, we didn't know if he's going to play, you know, while Kevin was there, um, and especially now after, you know, Reggie pulled up. So, yeah, he'll he'll really have to show out in training camp and in the preseason and earn those minutes. You know, we'll ultimately see what happens, especially with the report that Tate's playing good today. Tate's got a few years under his belt. Um, he's not just a three, a third-year player. You know, this guy's like 27, 28, you know, old, older guy. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know it's crazy to say, but – We'll see, but I think you're right on the money with that Cam Whitmore take. We would love to see that young guy out there, but he's just 19 years old. You know, his growth will come. I like his game a lot, and he'll be on that floor um, one of these days. But we'll, we'll see if it happens. I don't know if it'll be day one, but he'll have to earn it. We'll have to see what he does um, in these, uh, next few weeks. But last thing um, I wanted to touch on in this podcast, if you had anything else, will I ask that to you? Yeah, um, the Rockets, you know, Fred Van Fleet briefly flashed, you know, that we might be getting some New Jerseys. In fact, we are getting some New Jerseys, and we got the color, the colors right here. You know, we bring them kind of match the ones you're wearing right now, kind of. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's why I threw it on, you know what I'm saying? So we got we got the baby blue and the red coming back. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do with that. Um, it's always fun to get some New Jerseys and new threads, uh, new identity with this team this year. So let's get a new look as well. So hopefully those drop soon. But, yeah, that's the last thing I want to touch on. I want to touch on something more with uh with Cam. Uh, let's say that he doesn't crack the rotation, uh, which would not be a disappointment or like an indictment on him as a player at all. So I, I don't want to see like those takes. But like let's say he does get sent to the G League because he just there's not a rotation spot for him right now. I don't know how you feel about it, but I kind of don't want him going down there and being LeBron James. Like I I kind of I think that's one of the ways we did Josh Christopher a disservice was sending him, sending Josh to the G League and letting him be James Harden. Just ball in his hands all the time. You know, he's putting up all the shots. The, the team kind of revolves around him. And, like, rightfully so to a degree because Josh and, and, you know, Cam would be the best player on the roster. But, like, that's not the role that they're going to play with the team. 
And I, I think that's one of the reasons why Josh Christopher did struggle to get minutes last year. And when he did get minutes, every time he looked lost, because he, like he's all he's practicing in the G League is I'm James Harden. I got the ball in my hands. ISO, ISO, dribble, dribble. Everything revolves around me. And that's cool because he's good at that in the G League. But when it comes to the team, that's not your role. You're not going to be the James Harden of the team. So I want Cam to obviously get like his healthy usage of like, you know, being the primary. He's the best player down there. But I still want him to work on the things that he's going to do on the actual team. Right. I still want him to practice his cutting. I still want to work on spot up shooting. I still want him to work on um, his decision making and being a connected piece, making the extra pass. Um, Like I don't want it to just be. Can Wilmer get the ball drive all game? Or can Wilmer get the ball uh, tween as he step back all game? Like do do some of the stuff that you're gonna do, unless unless of course the guy is just Jalen Brown already. In which case, like okay, I guess who cares at that point? But assuming he is gonna be, you know, a 19 year old and still needs to develop, I want him to work on the skills that's gonna get him minutes, not the skills that's going to make him a superstar as a 19 year old. If that makes sense, and I, I don't know, that's kind of where I'm at on it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think you put it on the mic to the point where I don't even want to expound on it. So, yeah, no, you did that really well. But, um, of course, guys, I wanted to say we're excited for the season to be back around the corner. Um, preseason starts in a week from today uh, when we're dropping this episode. So, of course, you, me and Will are going to be dropping a lot more frequently, so we're excited about that. Um, but, Will, was there anything else you wanted to add? See y'all boys at uh, open practice on Sunday. I won't be there. wish I could, but I will be here for the first game of the season, October 29th. So, hope to see y'all there. But uh, we'll be back soon, so so y'all take it easy.